The Writer's Room, a 7th Sea podcast, is endorsed by Chaosium, Inc. For more information, visit www.chaosiuminc forward slash 7th Sea. Hello, friend. Come on in. We've got the tea piping hot. All of the pillows have been nice and fluffed. And we are ready to go. But before we begin, I have a few announcements to make. The first announcement being that our Kofi page will be updated for the new year with, you guessed it, some new bones. I know you all have been waiting patiently. And your patience has finally paid off. Because not only will there be new bones, Ten Quills Dice will have a shop drop within the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. As always, our sponsors are, of course, Ten Quills Dice and The Crafty Gamer. And while I'm here, I'd like to make a shout out to our wonderful friends over at Tabletop Radio Hour. If you're not in the know, they are a tabletop RPG actual play podcast that not only explores 7C, but many other wonderful games as well. Currently, in their Myths and Legacies campaign, I am playing as the wonderful Electo. So if you need more 7C in your life, head on over there. I'd also like to give a very special shout out to Arcane Anthems. In this episode, we are debuting one of the few new songs that we've gotten for the podcast. If you're in the market for RPG music, head on over to Arcane Anthems. You can find them on Spotify, on Apple Music, any of those wonderful music casters. The links for our sponsorships, our endorsements, and our shoutouts can always be found in the description of the episode. So feel free to head on over and support them too. I'd also like to take this time to give a super special shout-out to our officers. Those would be Keith, Covington, V, and Nightingale. Thank you for being a part of our chaos and for helping keep this crazy old boat afloat. Speaking of the boat, we should get back to the story, shouldn't we? All right. Now, this is a bit of a recap episode, so if you've been following along with the plot, you should have a good understanding of what is about to unfold. If you haven't, hopefully this clears up some of those questions that have been burning at the back of your head. And of course, if they don't, you can always ask them in our Discord, underneath Notes with the Narrator queries. And hopefully, if it's not rife with spoilers, we'll be able to answer it for you. Anyway, let's get to the article, shall we? Article 34, by Blood Undone. The camera dissolves from black into an amber lens. This amber lens is some kind of liquid, and as the camera zooms out, we see a shard of ice, and it jingles against the glass briefly. As we pan out more, we realize that this amber liquid is actually a glass of whiskey. And as the camera unfocuses and refocuses, we are in Jesse's captain's quarters on the large center table. It hasn't gotten too much lighter outside, and so it must only be a few hours after the incident on the ice with the Song de Ries. And as the camera focuses from the background to the foreground, we see each individual officer. Gazette is wrapped up in a blanket, seated at the table. Mama Coco is sitting on a barrel, cross-legged. Everybody's back together again. 
we're all one big happy family again. Yeah, we're getting we're we're, we're a family. family. <laughs> happy is relative. The camera sees every officer except for Boots and Hawthorne. Once we do a panorama of everyone in the room, it focuses back on the whiskey glass. Jesse takes a sip and puts the glass down and walks back around to the other side of the table. Waylon's called the meeting and is carrying with him small, maybe, I don't know, foot by foot by foot box and has everything that he took. Mm. Except for Audra's blood. Audra's blood's not in there. Holding that one to the chest. Waylon sets the box on the table. Before we begin, I want to say that I'm happy to see all of you. I'm glad we're all in good health. As good of health as we could possibly be. I certainly echo that sentiment, Captain. Mama Coco raises her head and laughs. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a proper meeting if at least one of the two years went bleeding. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you for letting me know. And he, like, tightens up a bandage around his arm that went loose a little bit. Uh, I'll clean that up later. Ah, uh, uh, Captain, I think you mean I'll be taking care of that later. Yeah, that's fine. Leland looks at Jesse with the mildest amount of sympathy in his eyes. <laughs> the camera pans over to Cosette. She's politely restraining herself from scarfing the food in front of her. There's like a sandwich and a bowl of stew. A whole baguette. Yeah, there's a full spread in front of her. There's a chowder bowl. Oh, chowder for sure. Cosette, don't worry about table manners. Just. Cosette looks up at Wayland and looks down at her food, puts the fork down, lifts up her napkin, and kind of cleans her mouth a little bit. And finally, Charles heaves a sigh and says, We know they didn't feed you on there. Just go ahead and go ham. It's fine. No one's going to say shit. What does that mean, to go ham? Is that like going hog wild? Charles looks over at Jesse and hides the glare. Aye, it's a phrase we use in Avalon. To go ham means to go wild, like a boar. Like a wild boar? Yeah. Like 30 to 40 yep. wild boar? Can confirm. It's actually more like 30 to 50. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh I'm so glad that we can just understand each other in memes. This is stupid. I fucking hate this. <laughs> God. Uh, fuck. What is it? We're in the, the late 1600s at this point. Yeah, 1668, almost 1669. That's just always been a thing throughout human history. Luckily, they haven't invented the AK-47 yet. <laughs> anyway, Wayland, you called this meeting, so everybody kind of turns to you. As Cosette grabs the baguette and begins to tear it apart as if it is a toy and she is a dog. Friends, we have some things to discuss. I called this meeting because there are some things that I found when I was aboard the Song de Ris, Which is no longer the Song de Ris, and that is one of the things that needs to be talked about. And Wayland will pull from the box the two letters that he found. Both of these letters I found in the personal desk of Captain Lourdes de Chirous. One of them is written in Avalonian, 
Charles, Agnes, and Jory all reach out their hand as if to take the letter. It appears to be unseely in nature. Charles and Jory withdraw their hand. And he hands the letter over to Agnes and holds up the other one. The other was a letter written in Montanese. Cosette? The camera cuts over to Cosette, who is chugging a mug of we think is ale and slams it down on the table, picks up her napkin and wipes the froth off of her top lip. We? From Michelle Marisot. Cosette's happy-go-lucky demeanor instantly changes to something stony and cold. Avec, give it to me. You don't have to if you're not comfortable with it, Cosette. We can get Bonaventura's aid to translate for us. <laughs> As if we have that kind of time. Pour me a glass of whiskey and I will read this. And hands it over. Uh, let's go slowly on the drinks, please. Mon Capitan, with all due respect, with all of the colds that has been going around, I could really use a warm drink, especially reading my mother's handwriting. I'll get you one after you finish it. There is a long pause where Cosette is staring at Jessie. She breaks eye contact as if she was intimidated by something and proceeds to read the letter, sans whiskey class. Agnes, meanwhile, opens her letter, begins to read it, and as she does, her eyes are growing wider and wider until finally she places the letter on the table. Well, that all makes sense. What makes sense? You remember the sword you brought aboard a while ago? Yeah, the banshee? Aye, much like that sword. This letter is from him. Wayland, who has been standing, falls back into his chair. And looks like he just got hit by a truck. Oh, hey, pardon my ignorance, but is that someone I should know? You wouldn't. This is when Charles speaks up. It's an Avalonian thing. There's a monarchy. And I'm not talking about Queen Elaine. Talking about the queens of she. Queen of summer, queen of winter, and queen of between. You'd be familiar with the queen of winter, we just released her daughter. The Lady of Air and Darkness? Aye. Ah, okay. And because she work on balance, there's also three kings. King of Spring, King of Fall, and King of Betwixt. Is that totally not Oberon? Oberon's a different figure. It's totally not the King of the Wild Hunt. In this canon, totally not Oberon is the King of Spring. Gotcha. Now... The purpose of the two in-between, in-betwixt, is to keep checks and balances on the four seasons, you understand? Spring, summer, winter, fall. If those she get out of line or go mad or are unmade through some trickery, that's when the Earl King and the Earl Queen step in. They have specific weapons to deal with she of that caliber. You following me so far? Sure, yeah. Now this is all well and good over in Bryn Brasail, the land of the She. It's not good to have the sovereigns out here with us, right? And yet, Banshee was on our fucking ship a little while ago. The goddamn Lady of Air and Darkness was over sitting pretty in the Nightingale. And now we got a letter from the Earl King himself. 
Charles huffs an aggravated sigh and folds his arms over his chest and leans against the wall. And then his eyebrows knit together in thought, and he leans from the wall. Oi, didn't you get that sword from a bloke who's from Avalon? The one with the beads in his beard? Well, they were the skulls of Shade's men. Yeah. The she don't just do things in whimsy ways. And what I mean by that is they don't do things on a whim just because they can. They do things with orders? If any lesser she, sure, they answer to the sovereigns. But the sovereigns don't answer to anyone. Uh, Charles, are you suggesting that the Earl King is making a play for a war? Is that what we're looking at here? The Sovereign of the She declaring all-out war against the human race. That happened once before. It didn't end well. I don't know what kind of game he's playing, but I know he's playing for keeps. And the ante's gotta be high. Shit. What does the letter say? Agnes speaks up again. Well, there's some numbers. I think they're coordinates. Jesse might know better than I do about those. Agnes gives them to you, Jesse. And since you are a cartographer and you've been to these coordinates before, you recognize them as Makaro, specifically the point where you helped Shade bury his people, where the gate was to Bryn Brasail. The only other thing it says is, in Makaro you will find one of the enemies of mine. Shade needs to know about this as soon as possible. Wayland, I think the danger's over. This letter's old, and we've already stopped whatever plot there was to execute Shade. I think this letter was meant to go with the Earl King's sword. But I killed him. If anything, this solidifies that that pirate that you took the sword from was a member of the Song or at least a member of the Crimson Raiders. We were working under the assumption that that was a rogue agent, someone vying for personal power. If they were working under orders from the Earl King himself, that's an entirely different magnitude, Agnes. That's a civil war. I... Fuck, this is bad. This is not good. But for what reason would they want to fight within themselves? The camera pans over to Jory, who's been lost in thought trying to process all of this, and then finally his eyes open wide as saucers. Wait! The Queen's in Argosa right now, right? Which one? The Human Queen. Uh, Elaine. Okay, yeah. Right, so this year, on the 10th anniversary of Queen Elaine's reign, the waters of the Brand Bridge opened, and the She delegation came out, and that was the beginning of the reclamation, right? That's when the gates of Brindle Sail started to open on their own, right? Aye. And is it one of the Crimson Raider captains from Avalon? He should know all this. You think this was a ploy to sabotage the reclamation? I mean, that'd be fine if Queen Elaine was still in Avalon, but she's over here. And she took the sea dogs with her. She took her whole navy over here. Which means... They can no longer be one of the major players in the world. <sighs> Alright. They've been foiled for now, but it's information that still should be brought to light once we get back to Aragosta. So is that supposed to be an attempt on Aragosta or an attempt on Avalon? Sort of both in one foul swoop. The king of the Telwith Tag assassinated by someone on Queen Bonaventura's jurisdiction. Right, but why Aragosta? 
Aragost is too small to even be considered anything more than a small fishing town. Avalon is a nation. Aragosta is one of the biggest thorns in the side of the ATC, and if the ATC and the Earl King were working together after a fashion, then that's two birds with one stone. Mama Coco, who has been quiet this entire time, suddenly slams her hands down on the barrel that she's sitting on. It goes all the way up. It goes all the way up. It's fucking Rourke. Fuck. This is top brass bullshit. It's never been about Aragosta. It's not been about Queen Bonaventura neither. It's about eradicating the pirates. And as far as the ATC are concerned, there are two things over here stopping them from completely taking over the Atibian. That's the pirates and other nations. Nations with a great naval power. Avalon. I mean, if there was an attack against a nation as central as Avalon, the ATC would be able to use that as wholesale excuse to hunt us down with even greater fervor than they have before. And they'd have every nation in the world on board. And as much as I like to think that Agwe could get us out of that... Not even he can go against the sovereigns of the she. Jesse, we stopped something far larger than I think we even imagined. I mean, I didn't imagine much in the first place, to be fair. I'm less of a fake guy myself, more of a devil man. (laughs) Everyone laughs lightly to themselves, except for Charles, who scowls a bit deeper. This fixes everything. This one letter. And Waylon just kind of like sits back with sort of a, a shocked smile on his face. I mean, it sounds like we need to go talk to our queens. I thought we do. Cosette. As the camera focuses on Cosette, we realize that she has stopped eating. Not because she is afraid of what the letter entails, but because there's nothing left to eat. She lifts up her head and looks directly at Wayland. We, oui, Monsieur Greywall? You don't have to share right away if you don't want to. I fear if I withhold this information for longer than needs be, we may be too late. My mother plans this. The whole thing? None. Not the whole thing involving Avalon. She planned to have herself incarcerated. Fuck off. She holds up the letter and slaps it on the table, a little bit more rough than you've seen from Cosette. It was an elaborate ploy. There is something that Queen Bonaventura has that the Crimson Fleet wanted. And of course, being her daughter, she used me as the scapegoat. We played directly into her hands. And with Annabelle's help, of course, the easiest target was us. You... And I specifically, Jesse. It does not elaborate the entire plan, of course. It only tells of what Annabelle should do once she gets the signal from my mother, which of course was kidnap me using Porte. Cosette's dainty hand turns into a fist, and she's about to slam it on the table when she stops, takes a deep breath, gathers her wits about her once more, and lowers that hand into her lap. Queen Bonaventura is in danger, while my mother is behind bars. Capitaine, are we on the fastest course to Aragosta? I don't want to cut this meeting short. 
There are three more things in this box. And he puts the vial of Jesse's blood. There's Kazette's blood. Puts those in front of him on either side. And in the middle of the two, he holds up the heart and places it in between. Annabelle had these in her quarters. And then, and he motions to the heart, there's Reese. Everybody stops moving. And everybody stares at the heart on the table with hard, serious eyes. Except for Mama Coco. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. No, you're good. I'm so sorry. You're so good. It's It's so bad. I didn't mean to laugh at you. No, it's fine. I <laughs> so unintentionally funny. <laughs> no, I I said it on purpose to uh, bring some levity to the serious, tense conversation. I I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> Somebody want to fill me in on uh, why we all went real quiet all of a sudden? I've placed a heart on the table, Mama Coco. Please tell me you didn't just drop a literal beaten heart on Jesse's nice table. Well, not beating quite anymore. As you say that, the heart moves. Oh, wow. I stand corrected. What the fuck? Klaus looks up from his book and looks equal parts disgusted and intrigued. That is Reese's heart? It at least has her blood running through it. And that was controlling the ship. So, the name of the ship was the Song de Ries. Does that imply, and he holds up his vial, she was using my blood? She at least had it. Everyone, I forgot to mention that apparently my ex-girlfriend so happens to be a vampire, or was a vampire. She's under the water now. Just for a bit of context. I. Cosette lowers her head, shivers as though she is cold, even though she's covered in at least three blankets and two coats, and lifts up her head finally. I thought that the sanguine sorcier were a myth, a ghost story that my mother used to tell me when I was little, about sorciers who could manipulate others' blood and use it for their own means by drinking it. Very similar to the vampire you speak about. What? She drank my mother's blood and gained her marks. That's why she could go through the way to find me. That's terrifying. I am glad she is gone now. That is too powerful for this world. But how would she have known to steal mine? Uh, Jesse, I mean, I'm hazarding a guess here, but maybe she didn't know. Maybe it was kept for sentimentality reasons. That's a weird thing to keep for sentimental reasons, Wheeland. It's Annabelle. God, is Annabelle fucking Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly? (laughs) Are you Machine Gun Kelly? Oh, no. (laughs) No, in this situation, he's Sam Witwicky from the first Transformers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just a guy. Cosette extends her hand out to you, Jesse. May I see the vial? Hands it over to her. Cosette studies it, rotates it, tips it so that the liquid goes to the top of the vial and the bottom again. 
And as she does so, her face is progressively getting more and more disgusted. And finally, she hands the vial back to you. This blood is very old. Useless, really, for anything other than... Keep sick. Oh, boy. I mean, she and I had a fight before. Perhaps it was taken then. That makes a lot of sense. He lifts up the side of his shirt, and there's like a small scar that runs along the side. Cosette instantly blushes when you lift your shirt up and pointedly looks away from you. <laughs> Cosette? Um, oui, Monsieur Grewal? Question? Answer? Could it have been used to track Jesse? That is not out of the realm of possibility. Question for both of you, is Elliot in the room? Sure. I think I probably would have asked him to be there, just considering what we're taking a look at. He's not an officer, but he is sort of our expert on artifacts and ancient magics. So the camera is focused on the heart on the table, which is beating at a very slow pace. And it begins to unfocus as several fingers come up from the edge of the table and curl. And then Elliot's head peeks up, uh, his hair first, and then the top of his glasses, and then up to his nose, which he rests on the edge of the table. His eyes are wide enough you could set dinner on them. And (laughs) he lifts up his head and rests his chin on the edge of the table and looks at Jesse and Wayland and then back at the heart. Ah, could I take a look at that? (sighs) I promise I won't break it or activate it or do anything to cause harm to it or or to us, uh, which is more important. (laughs) Uh, I'll even have Klaus. Klaus, would you like to help me with this? Uh, Just don't, like, fucking eat it or something. That'd be weird. Eat it? Captain, I'm I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) I thought you were a librarian. That, too. Oh, okay. Klaus stands up and looks at you, Captain. Then, by your leave, Captain, Elliot and I will take our leave. There is one last thing before we all go our separate ways. Klaus sits back down, and Elliot looks at you expectantly, as does everyone else in the room. Except for, of course, Mama Coco. I may have done something when I took the heart. Wayland, you didn't take a bite, did you? Does it look like it's got a fucking bite taken out of it? Well, I don't know. It's still beating. So there's all sorts of shit that happens. Yeah, so it hasn't had a bite taken out of it. Well, it could have regenerated. I don't know how these fucking things work. I really... Oh, God, I hope that's not... I don't know why you would have. You're not that crazy. Is that why you said not to take a bite out of it? Because... Jesse's the one who said that, first of all. Secondly, no, I didn't eat the heart. Well, we're waiting. When I removed it... There was an empty cavity that needed filling. There is an audible inhale of breath from everyone in the room as the tension builds. And the stare on you, Wayland, from everyone in the room is more intense. Did you put your heart in there? I didn't put my heart or my blood in its place. Okay, great. Everyone has a unanimous sigh of relief. <laughs> the entirety of the crew who are in the captain's quarters let out a breath altogether that they all had been holding. Lifts up the shirt. It's like, there's nothing here. Look, still in my chest. It is now Elliot's turn to immediately blush and pointedly look anywhere else but you. <laughs>
You do see the scar from the bullet wound that theoretically he took from Samuel Flint, as far as everybody else but Mama Coco knows. There were several vials of blood aboard the ship, except for the ones that are on the table at the moment that I have given to, and motions to Kazette and Jesse, back to their respective owners, and one other. I destroyed them all. When I took out the heart, there was another vial with fey blood, and I poured it out in the heart's place, and it seems to have subsumed the vessel. What? The Sangdaris is no longer the Sangdaris. Is that why it left? Aye. You set a living fey ship out in the Atabayan, Wayland? Aye. Everyone in unison have been leaning closer and closer to you, Wayland, as you've been talking. Agnes puts a hand on your shoulder and breaks the uncomfortable silence that has followed you with a question that is on all of their minds. Wayland, whose blood did you put in the ship? Shit. (laughs) No, Wayland, come on. You didn't. <laughs> oh, you... Wayland. Mm, you didn't do what I think you did, right? I had good reason. I'm going to pour myself a drink. Because then I'm going to pour you a drink as well. Everybody who has a flask takes it out of wherever they're keeping it. Everybody who has an empty glass holds it out to Jesse. Pours for everybody. As everyone continues to stare at Wayland. And... I thought this through. Hear me out. We're all ears, Wayland. Go on. It was the blood of Mad Maeve. Wayland, listen. The captain's quarters erupts with aggravated, stressed groans, and they all take a shot together. Hear me out! You could have not put anything in there, and it could have just been a shit. Just listen. Look, with what you told me about what Annabelle said to you about the Red Ghost and how it contains Reese's soul, and he reaches into a coat pocket and he pulls out a very small slip of paper. The day that we met Mad Maeve in the Bucket of Blood, she slipped this into my pocket. And he places it on the table and it says the Red Ghost has her soul. He grabs it and pulls it over. Maeve's soul? No. Reese. Maeve has been trying to tell us that from the beginning. Why would she... Maeve and I were friends once. Back when she was called Audra. Do you think that was a message from Audra? I... She's in there somewhere. And she has been trying to help us. Not only that... But every single time that we have met her, Jesse, she is ranting and raving about getting her freedom. And at this point, I believe that to be freedom from her current circumstances. What better way for that to begin than having her own ship? Wayland, how do you know she's not lying to you? She's mad. I understand that the two of you have a history, but... She's a lot different than the person you knew back in the day. 
She's a bad person, Wayland. She's done bad things. The camera focuses on Elliot as he slams his hands on the table. Wayland, have you lost your mind? That that creature was raving and screaming about trying to get your heart. Probably literally. Yeah. She, she means to kill you. And you gave her a vessel to do so. Yeah, there's a lot of people that want to kill me. There's a lot of people who want to kill us all, frankly. I don't want to kill you. <laughs> you haven't done anything to piss me off that bad. And he just kind of falls silent for a moment. Though I'm not sure why having a ship out there with Maeve's blood in it is going to do you any good, or the Sea of Monsters any good. Look, the ATC, the Unseelie, the Crimson Fleet, all they have been trying to do is sow chaos amongst the world between factions. And I figured in the moment while the opportunity was at hand, because that opportunity wasn't going to come again, that why not sow some chaos right back? Why not send them into a frenzy? Because that could put us into a frenzy too. I, and I realized that I, I gambled on chance, but it was a damn good chance. How do you know? And he motions to the letter, because as far as the evidence is concerned, she told us the truth as much as she could from the very beginning. Captain Leroux de Cheroux confirmed it. At this point, Agnes speaks up. We she can't lie, but that doesn't mean we have to tell the whole truth either. This Maeve you speak of, is she full-blooded Fay? Uh, no. She's half-blood. Agnes nods solemnly to herself and puts a hand on your shoulder, Wayland. I think if I may be so bold, circumstances being what they are, you did the right thing. Wayland looks up at her and smiles and gives a slight nod. We'll deal with it when it comes. If it comes. I'd come to the conclusion that she was lost. That there was no saving her. But with this, and he again points to the note, I have to believe that somewhere in there my friend is still alive. If that's the case, then I have to try. Well, of course. That's what friends are for, right? And besides, half-blood ain't got nothing on a full-blood. <laughs> I mean, regardless, I think you could take her. That's everything I have to share and to say. Captain, your orders? To your positions, let's go. We make for Aragosta. I will man my post. Everybody gets up from where they're sitting or makes way towards the door. And Waylon runs out as well. Cosette stands up out of her chair. Cosette. We? I, uh, a moment before we go. Please. Oui, Capitaine. And she sits back down and holds her whiskey glass. Jesse fills it up again, pours himself one. I'm going to need to make this quick because of all of this, but at some point we'll, I'll give it its due diligence. How are you feeling? Other than what I could assume. Cosette sighs heavily, takes a sip of the whiskey. Sets it down before her and holds her hands around the glass. I am lost again, Jesse. There is a lot of anger, like a pot that is slowly beginning to boil. And I've never dealt with that before. 
There is also shame and sadness. But above all that is regret. I am sorry that I broke the charter. And if it wasn't for Ursa, I would have... Well, I appreciate you coming to that conclusion. However, I, I'm sure I probably would have done the same thing in your position. My mother is a wicked woman. And she is a master manipulator. And I played directly into her hands. Cosette finally lifts her eyes from the whiskey glass and looks at you. Not for very long. Her eyes shy away quickly afterwards, and there is an uncomfortable silence. And the way how you know that Cosette is uncomfortable is that she taps her fingers on surfaces. In this case, it's the whiskey glass. I am sorry about Annabelle. I did what had to be done. While I was captive, she talked a great deal about you and your adventures together. <laughs> what sort of secrets did she tell you about me? They weren't secrets, really. They were things I already knew about you. You're determined and headstrong. When you set your course, you tend not to stray from it unless absolutely necessary. And so when you set your heart on something, you usually get it. Come hell or high water. <laughs> but she did tell me something that I owe her for. Is that so? She told me that for all the blood that you have, it is worthless unless you are willing to spill it for the ones that you love. And here, Jesse, Cosette finally looks up at you and meets your eyes. Jesse gets super uncomfy. I think he'll take an extra long sip from his glass and stand up and start pacing around the room slowly. Annabelle did give me an out. She told me that if I gave her my blood, she could rid me of my magic and I would never be associated again. And my mother would never come after me and have no reason to butt her nose into my life. But I told her no. I'm glad you didn't do that. Jesse, this time away from the ship and subsequently from you has given me the space I needed to think about everything that I had done and everything that has happened. And I finally decided that there's some things that I want for me and I get to decide that. No one else. Well, that's great. And, well... Sorry, I've been rambling about me. <clears throat> Jesse, how are you after all this? Uh, ask me again when we get back to Aragosta. Not this time. I don't want to be kidnapped again before I know how you are. What I feel has context that needs to be understood first. Maybe not understood, but you need to be aware of something. I haven't been... Lying, but I have kept something from you and the crew that I've recently told the crew about. And I will be honest, I am pretty afraid to tell you. Cosette cracks a smile and leans back in her chair a little bit, and there's a small amount of blushing happening on her cheeks. But it could be from the whiskey as she takes another sip. I am flattered that you hold me in such high regard, but pourquoi? 
We all make shit decisions in our lives. Some of them out of desperation. And um, he looks at his right hand that's just laying out flat in front of him. And I did something I shouldn't have. He turns to her. When you look at Cosette, she's not looking at you. She's absentmindedly looking down at her leg. And then she looks up at you. What? What have you done? About a year and some months ago, I made a deal with someone to get out of a place I was lost in. I made a deal with the devil to leave because I was trapped and I needed a way out and I panicked and the only thing I could think to do was to call to him and I've been living with that and he pulls his glove off Cosette, I'm sorry forgive me Jesse, Cosette looks you dead in the eyes and she begins to laugh not in a mocking way there's no hatred or malice she laughs And finally, she looks up at you. (laughs) Mon Capitan, there's no need to apologize to me. Not about any of that. I know more than anyone what it's like to do something so unspeakable to escape a place you don't want to be. I understand. Why would you be afraid to tell me that? I always thought that I made out good with that deal. I thought that that was it. When the deal was over, I made it out at the Seventh Sea and back to my life again. I've done such horrible things since then. And not... Not entirely by my own choosing. Cosette's mirth quickly fades and she grows serious again. What do you mean by that? Not of your own doing. It's his influence against me. Our souls are tethered to each other through this and he lifts his stomped hand up but but I I'm getting closer closer to what I've almost got it I think almost got what and I think that I that I can do it do what I'm so close close to what to, I, I I don't know to true freedom Jesse I I feel so powerful Jesse I and capable and confident that I've never felt before and it's amazing and terrifying And fucking exhausting. But I can stop him. Jesse, I don't think you can... I know it. I I know it. That I can. And I will. And when I do, it'll be over. And he'll be out of the picture entirely. And that'll be it. I just have to focus a little more and finish the second deal I made. You made a second deal with this devil? For my mother. I'm to find Samuel Flint and deliver him. The man who branded me a pirate. I see. He lives in my nightmares, Cosette. And I feel I'm getting close to him, too. Waylon says he's dead, but he's a monster. And in the sea of monsters, no one ever really dies. Not the monsters, at least. And as much as I plan to kill him myself, I'm much happier to let Jonah take care of him. Are you sure that's what you really want? That's what I want. And it feels so good to be so close. There's like a twitch as he says that. Cosette abruptly stands up, scooches the chair out away from her, picks up her plate, and looks at you in the eyes. There is determination, there is sadness, and there is fear in there. 
and the only reason you catch it is because the utensil on the plate was jittering just slightly before she silences it with her other hand. And she looks at you dead in the face and says, I would want for you to achieve all that you desire, but do not lose yourself to this power that was granted to you. If you do, you will lose so much more. I'm not going to lose anything else again. As he says again, there is a flash of teal in his eyes. Then he smiles. I'm so close. Jesse? I'm going to give the devil something to be so afraid of. Jesse. Oh, I'm going to get you, you fucking bastard. Jesse! Hmm. Yeah. What? You're bleeding again. And her eyes dart down to your bandages and then back up to you. You need to go see Klaus. It's fine. None. None. You know how I feel, Anzis. Please go see Klaus. I'll see him at some point. None. You will see him immediately. In return, I will try to find whatever I can on this Samuel Flint for you. We. Oui? That would be greatly appreciated. We. Oui. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go see Klaus. My leg hurts. Again, I'm glad you're back. She meets your gaze again, and her eyes are slightly glistening with tears that she is holding back. Me too. And she walks out of the captain's quarters and closes the door behind her. I hope that that answered most of your questions and cleared up some muddy details. The next episode will bring us right to Aragosta, where we will once again be in front of those queens that we love. And hopefully this time it is a much less violent interaction, but we'll just have to see. Thank you for joining us. At the time of this recording, it is in between the week of Christmas and New Year's, and so... From all of us to all of you, have a wonderful and happy holiday. And we'll see you next time, friend. And remember, be safe and well. <laughs>